if you're going to race cars, mate, you're going to crash cars. Are you telling me you've made a time machine out of a McLaren? Oh, my dad always says you shouldn't hit boys, mate. Oh, so. uh, well, we're not friends. Well, racing is life. Anything that happens before or after, just waiting. You're listening to The Grid Girls with Saski and Sarah. So, Sarah, we saw Bahrain, but we did. it was like a week and a half ago. It was. Jeez, it's been that long. I feel like it's been longer, though, because we've just been, you know, watching all sorts of crazy hockey nonsense in the meantime. I know. And I mean, this is, I think, our second, but this is our third attempt to record this podcast. Yeah, you're right. We, we've tried huh. I don't even know. I think the last time we were just exhausted. The time before that, I think someone's internet died. And, you know, scheduling yeah. these in and around all of my playing hockey and your covering hockey is just kind of a nightmare. Yeah. Try to schedule something between you work during the day, I work at nights. At the nights, I'm not working. You're often playing hockey. It's all a little bit hectic, isn't it? Yeah, but we're here now. We've made we it. We are here. We have made it. And theoretically, we're going to talk about Bahrain. Yes. Yes. Uh, so it was, it was a good race. It's a good race, I think. It, it was a reasonably timed race for us yes, here in North really America. That's all I want out of life. That's all I want out of life. A, it was a 11 a.m. on a Sunday. I just rolled out of bed, made a coffee, sat down, watched the race, took a nap after. It was beautiful. It was a very nice Sunday. Honestly. I was frantically trying to get my shit together to go to cover a hockey game. I was in Ottawa. So I, I, did, I, I saw the race in bits and pieces. I missed the entirety of qualification the day before because I was busy in an enterprise rent-a-car having my life sucked out of me because I didn't have a functioning credit card. I was so going to say, it, it couldn't have been the drive. Montreal to Ottawa is actually, you're not going from Montreal. What, if I'm, what am I even talking about? Toronto to Ottawa is kind of a hike, huh? Toronto to Ottawa is from the side of town I live on is about, look, if you don't stop and you stick to what I gather the Canadian speed limit is, which is apparently 15 kilometres above, I discovered whilst doing 105 and 100 zone that I was, everyone was angry and horning and overtaking me. I'm doing five kilometres above the speed limit, apparently in Canada not enough it's not enough no yeah you don't start getting fined in canada until you're doing 120 in 100 zone in australia you would have lost your license by that point yeah everyone says canadians are so nice you know what drive up there you will find out that it is not true yeah look for someone who it was the first time i had ever been i had ever been behind the wheel of a vehicle in north america it was a you know, like, as long as I stopped and went, okay, I need to go to that side of the road, it was fine. And then I found a roundabout. Oh, no. And I found a roundabout in the middle of the middle of the countryside, near the Canadian Tire Centre in Ottawa. And for a split second, I thought I was going to die because I nearly went the wrong way onto the roundabout. I ended up going around the roundabout twice till I figured out which lane I needed to be in to get off the roundabout. And you know what? I cannot tell you the number of times that when I was in England last summer driving my little Fiat, uh, I did the same thing. There's some like giant, massively complex rotaries with like four of them intertwined. And like, I did not have a working phone in England. I had like a screenshot yeah. and uh, I got very, very turned around 
So you know what? Thanks, England. Thanks for being such a confusing piece of shit. Yeah, see, I'll get to England. I'll be like, I've got this down. I know what's no, going no, no. on here. Grabbing on the left nonsense. It was, there was qualification on, on, on Saturday. People qualified. No one was surprised. It was exactly ta-da. Yeah, that was fine. The yeah. race was a little more interesting. Well, you'd want to hope it was because I think that's the general concept of races. Right. I mean, last year it wasn't true all the time. There were a couple Yeah, no, of- look, to be honest, there were some races last year where I woke up and was like, oh, look, Lewis is leading. I went back to sleep. Okay, bye. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, Lewis didn't get overtaken or crash off the start. Oh, I'm done with this race. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of been like that this season too with him. Like, oh, you have yeah. to wonder... You have to wonder if it like if at some point this season he's gonna like screw up on purpose to make it more interesting for himself, like completely destroy his tires so that like you know it's maybe a little harder. To, yeah, look, somehow I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, probably because not. the I one can... thing he probably loves more than himself is is world championships. Yeah, yeah. And know. really, who wants to make that harder for themselves? Uh, you know. Do you know who is making it harder for themselves? But but family rules this weekend. Yeah, yeah, that would be uh, my dude, Nico Rosberg, rocking it out. Those, I gotta say, the one thing I really liked about this race was, um, aside from, you know, that, uh, his overtakes in combination with the sparks coming out of the back of those cars. I know the sparks are really artificial and, like, manufactured and you know they're not natural i mean who cares they look look so good they look so good oh my god particularly at night in the in the in the night race ah i mean it was like combined with the sunset and like it was just it was so shiny just give me all the shiny things and they come around that corner and you're like yeah and i was ah man i was watching that thinking this is good I I i like this i like this I was pretty indifferent about them, you know, coming into this race, but yeah, I'm 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 pretty good with it now. So yeah, I, I, right. I think so too. Yeah, you're right. So he Nico Rosberg had a couple of really good overtakes this race. Um I was, you know, obviously super happy about that. Um he had to overtake Vettel three times. And each time, you know, <laughs> I, think he, the- I think he felt the same as um as was it Daniel Ricardo and, and the Sauber the week before. You oh, yeah. again? 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 Yeah. I've already take, overtaken you four times. And granted, the no last way. time Vettel did kind of screw up going into that corner, so he made it. He made it easy on Rosberg. Yeah. But yeah. The first couple. Oh my God! That one where Lewis was coming out of the pit lane and they were right behind him, and oh, oh, just leaving him to die. Yeah. I'm still okay. But- <laughs> some of them though. Look, there was there was some great overtakes and. and- that's a good thing because, uh, look, I, I actually think the race was definitely way more, way more exciting than China had been the week before. And yeah. like, I don't think that's saying much because I watched China like three times. By the end of it, I think I was just sitting there going, "Finally, okay, yeah, so it's done." Um, but you know who had a good race, and I was really almost not grateful and not surprised, but just really stoked to see have a good race. Kimmy freaking Raikkonen. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. And I mean, not to like poop all over Ferrari or anything. Wait, I'm just going to take every opportunity. I can do that. It's fine. Um, Everyone had been saying that they had a clear hierarchy of who their drivers were. It was Vettel and then it was Raikkonen. 
And uh, there's a lot of really upset Raikkonen fans out there who have been, you know, kind of complaining about it and upset. And, you know, it's it was really good to see that Maurizio Rivene, like, came out and said this week that they purposely set the car up for Kimi this year, which they didn't do last year. So. I, look, having – I've seen a lot of those – pissed off Kimi Raikkonen fans and they're to be honest so far this season I haven't looked at it and gone oh they're clearly favoring him over such and such there hasn't been like you know when Fernando Alonso was clearly the favorite over Felipe Massa like that was obvious this has been more kind of like Sebastian the race he's won and the couple of performances he's put in have been great races and Kimi has just had a string of bad luck mm-hmm. you know there's been uh bolt nuts breaking and things have broken and things like that have happened that haven't been actual decision making errors or 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 his fault and so he's had a string of bad luck well only this is only what the for the fourth race of the season so yeah. it's a bit too soon I think to be like oh well they're clearly favoring Vettel that being oh, no. said, if if anyone thinks that Sebastian Vettel signed a contract with Ferrari that doesn't somewhere in there in tiny little writing guarantee him the number one position, I think you're underestimating how much this, that kid wants to win. That well, being said, why why would he put it in his contract if he doesn't want to you know get the number one driver spot out of sheer merit, you know? Yeah. And so, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if there wasn't something like that in his contract and that you know. They are both on equal footing. They both have cars built to their standards. And they want to just fight it out. I mean, granted, they're not going to be fighting it out. I wouldn't be surprised either way, to be honest. I just feel like... Either way, you don't don't leave a team where you're... I I would say you don't leave a team where you're clearly number one to go to another team without that position. But I think Ferrari is the special case in in all situations. The aura of Ferrari makes people accept things that they wouldn't normally accept. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think, even even if Jensen Button's been there forever, Fernando Alonso goes to McLaren without thinking or ha- without having some reason to think that he's the top dog. Right. Um, but I think Ferrari, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be, I think Ferrari may be different. That being said, Kimi Raikkonen drove the wheels off that car. His stints... Yeah. Oh, his stint on the mediums, you're just like, oh, don't worry about putting on the soft tires. He's fine. He's yeah, got this he's going as fast as the guys on the soft tires. Like, this is ridiculous. What is going on? But if, if there had been a couple more laps with how Lewis's car was yeah, becoming a bit iffy, he really could have been taken. He could have been taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could have happened. Could have um, happened. That's one thing that the NBC guys always seem to talk about is that, you know, you run out of you run out of laps at the end of races, and the yeah. last couple of races, it's happened where like someone will get close to doing something to contend for the number one. Well, if you look at the if you look at um, uh, Mark Webber on Twitter during the GP, made some comments, um, and I believe they were generally inspired by um, Mitch Evans in the GP two. I think it was the feature race that's on the Saturday. Um, Evans started, I. I think he started like 11th or I think he started 13th and he made it all the way up the pack to almost like I think he made it nearly like third or fourth or second or third or something like that and then his tires went off 
Yeah. And he would suddenly, he'd battled his way through. He had made all these amazing paths. Like it was a skilled driver drive. And then his tires have gone off and he finishes off in seventh. And I, and, and, and it was an interesting thought because obviously tire management is part of F1 and it's a big part of F1, whether you like it or not. Personally, I don't, I wish that it wasn't a factor because I would love to just literally see them being able to go balls to the wall all the time. Yeah, of course. That would be great. But it was also like GP2 is a spec series and suddenly with the series with the whole concept is to show off the best drivers, time management is part of it as well now. And you're like, well, okay, that's going to be part of F1, but mm, I I don't like it, but hey. So, okay. Kimi Raikkonen probably would have liked to see the the race be a couple laps longer. You know who was probably very happy that the race was exactly as long as it was? Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> those Renault, look, those Renault engines, Red oh Bull, Red Bull family, both Toro Bossos died again. I feel terrible for like, Toro Bosso because they looked so good at testing. They looked mm-hmm. great at testing. And their car literally can't get through a race. Well, the thing is, like, their two drivers are, are doing fantastically despite the engines being horrendous. You know, I want to see the two of them in a car with an engine that is not going to fail on them every day. To be honest, I want to see most of our drivers, most of the grid's drivers in cars with engines that won't fail because then we'd actually get a race. Right. I would love to see a race that which has 18 finishes. Both McLaren finishes. I will do <laughs> both McLaren make it to the start of oh, the race. Oh, poor Jensen Button. Jesus. Jeez, Jensen Button. If Jensen Button had any less luck, he'd have no luck. Right. And I mean, I've seen his misses. He's got some luck. I mean, I'm very glad that him not even starting the race meant that we got to watch him comment on Twitter. Jensen Button's Twitter commentary is almost as good as Jensen Button's commentary of the Monaco Grand Prix. And I think it's in 2006, maybe, or 2005. His team got suspended for, I don't know if it was one race or two races. But they let him commentate? Yeah, he went and commentated the race with Sky Sports or BBC or ITV, whoever was at that time. And it's great. And I'm sure he's only got better with time because this was back in the Playboy Jensen Button days. And I think he's possibly got funnier. And that's the thing. I'm actually okay for Jensen Button to retire at some point because you know we're going to get him in commentary. Oh, my God. We're going to get him and David Coulthard together and it's going to be high. Do Do you know who doesn't want him to retire? Matt Davidson or Bruno Senna? Because when Jensen Button retires, one of those guys is going to be out of a job. They're going to be losing their job, yeah. And not only are they possibly going to be losing a job on TV, he very well, he very well may come and take their FIA WEC job as well. Yeah, true. I mean, not that... probably not. He'd probably just go to Porsche and hang out with the rest of the XF1 guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, we got to move on and talk about the rest of this race because there's a lot of other fun stuff to talk about after this. Um, Will Stevens, <laughs> a little bit of a Stevens. teammate that his teammate wasn't actually participating in. Um, Will Stevens tweeted something like, you know, I'm glad I won our little battle. And then it was like, hashtag 44 seconds. As in, he finished 44 seconds ahead of Roberto Mary. Hashtag throwing fan. some shade. A little bit of shade. Um, some of Mary's Spanish supporters came out of the woodwork and uh, started yelling at Will Stevens and he deleted the tweet. Like, way to back right off, guy. I mean, yeah, personally, I was like, seriously, you're just, it's a joke. Take it as a joke. Man up with what you said. 
But Will Stevens is just like, I'm at Chisco. It wasn't offensive at all. It was just funny. Like, come on, give us a little bit of fireworks, Marusha. Tell the veterinarian to get off of a Twitter account or fight back. Yeah, come on, give us some drama. Like, I want to love you. Give me something to laugh about. (laughs) I want to love you because there's no Americans for me to love. Soon, soon. Did I tell you I started watching IndyCar? Saskia, I started Uh, watching I have started watching IndyCar as well. That being said, I didn't watch the race in the weekend. I feel like I should have because I heard it was amazing. But there was no Simona Di Silvestro, so I was kind of a little bit. Joseph Newgarden got his first win ever, and I'm Tivo. I have no idea who that is. All right, I will show you some videos after this. To be honest, I should be all Team Will Power because he's Australian and also his name is Will Power. But seriously, who names your kid Will Power? Australians, apparently. I feel like at some point when you're filling out the like the birth certificate where you should go, hmm, hmm, if this kid becomes famous, is he going to get laughed at? No, he's good. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's honest, someone tried to name their kid V8 in Australia and the Australian government refused to allow them to do good. it. Good. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in America, they just let them do it anyway. They do. Actually, uh... Joseph Newgarden, the winner of last last week's uh, IndyCar race, uh, retweeted someone that had given their kid the middle name Joseph, spelled the way he spells it, because he had won while his wife was giving birth. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. You do that's what you great. Want. It's great. Hey, hey, I, I, I can't laugh because my dad named me after a painter's wife who I think he'd left for, like, someone he was related to. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, super good work, Dad. Thanks. I mean, I'm just named after a movie character, so I don't even, I don't even know. Yeah, I got Rembrandt the Painter's Mrs. Nice, nice. Yeah, she's a ginger, so it was not quite the same, but hey. No, no. So the race was good. I've watched the race a bunch of times. It it wasn't bad. Lewis wins in the end. Kimmy comes second. Kimmy overtook Nico at the end because Nico's tires died. It's fine. And I'm not that Nico, Nico's tires died and he kind of went, as well. And it, it he screwed didn't. up. It's fine. Yeah. It's not quite a, it, look, it's not, you screw up, you lose second place, third place. It's not, it's not quite, it's not quite Sebastian Vettel screwing up on the last lap of, of Canada in 2011. Right. Oh I love that because he screws it up and you just see the whole McLaren guys like, yeah! Like, well, they're all... Basically, you hear all of Canada start screaming and it's the best thing ever. It's pretty uh, good. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, yeah it's the race. race. Good race. Do you know, what the, you know what my favourite parts of the Bahrain GP is? What? This in Singapore. When they come across the finish line and they set all the fireworks off. Love oh, yeah. it. I think Singapore does it better because I think Singapore time like this cavalcade of shooting ones in with the car coming like the car follows along and the this fireworks follows along whereas Bahrain's just like let's set shit up mm-hmm. yeah no I, I I think that basically you know the questionability of having a Grand Prix in Bahrain aside the uh yeah the theatricality of it is very nice and the way the aesthetics it's a beautiful race to watch yeah. it's just I would be okay if we didn't have a race in Bahrain because Bahrain makes me feel slightly uncomfortable as a country. Yeah. With the whole human rights record and things like that. Relatedly. Relatedly. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about next year. Next year. Let's talk about Azerbaijan. Oh, Jesus. 
So I made a Photoshop earlier, and we will link it in the thing, um, of Bernie Ecclestone as Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars, because, good lord, Bernie, stop putting Grand's Prix in places that are not cool. Yeah, look, to be honest, everything I know... wants to get rid of Monza. Look, everything I know about Azerbaijan, I'm pretty sure comes from them having won Eurovision in 2011 and wow. then hosted it in 2012. Uh, Everything I know about Azerbaijan basically comes from that. Fact that I know where it is and that it is a comp- it, it is a contestant in Eurovision probably puts me ahead of most of the general population. Dude, your country is a contestant in Eurovision this year. Like, yeah, look, that's that. weird. Let's not even get into that. What the hell? No. You don't understand Eurovision. You're American. Dude, I watched it last year. I watched it the year before. I have read countless Wikipedia articles. I understand Oh, I watched it twice. I've watched it twice. Yeah, two whole times. And uh, I grew up on this shit, girl. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying that as an American, I am probably a hundred. You were doing way, way better than pretty much most Americans I know who were like, yeah. "What's Eurovision?" Dude, Eurovision is basically the confirmation that Europe is amazing, ridiculous. <laughs> People are like, "What exactly a Eurovision!" What and like it's called the Eurovision Song Contest. That should pretty much tell you what it is. Yeah. So instead of warring with each other, they just like throw shade at each other politically through this song competition, and it's beautiful. Exactly. And so like last year, so last year, yeah, it got won by this amazing cross drag queen. I don't actually know how you describe. I don't really know how they. She was a drag queen, but she was a he, and he had a beard, and yeah. the song was amazing, and mm-hmm. she like, looked like a babe in that dress. Her voice was beautiful, like, and I was, listened to that and song. And it, it was after a lot of the stuff where Russia was like, no to the gays, and this person comes out and sings, rise like a phoenix, and Europe is like, Russia, we're just gonna not let you finish. Go over there and you be you, I guess. We're, we're gonna not let you finish. Winner! Yeah, that was sweet. Um, anyways, that aside, the other thing I know about Azerbaijan is that is something that my friend Victoria told me, and that's that apparently 10 years ago, electricity was a big deal there. 10 years ten ago. 10 years ago, yeah, look. Um, it's the Grand Prix there, though. Let's yeah, do it. and, and it's, the, it's the Grand Prix of Europe, which is interesting. Because Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan is not all in Europe. It's also partly in Asia. Okay, that's um, it's really far out there. Like, it's really far out there. I mean, you do you, Bernie. You do you. Yeah. You know what? I would probably prefer if Bernie stopped doing Bernie. And yeah. so this is where Audi come into it. Right. I've heard about this. So, before one of the previous Grand Prix, I think it was maybe just before Bahrain, there was a great big interview with... Um, there was a great big interview with, I think it was the BBC, and they put this article out. I think it was Eddie Jordan sat down with Bernie. And one of the things was, if he was the thing that was stopping Audi joining the sport, he would leave so that Audi would join the sport. At this point, every F1 fan was like, Audi, you know what you have to do. Like, you owe this to us as a sporting community mm-hmm. to, to, to do this. Tell us you want to join. Bernie will leave. It'll be it'll be great. 
Oh, seriously, come on, Audi. Super licensed boys, though, made a really good point that Bernie is probably like the Vladimir Putin of the FIA. <laughs> like that he will he will leave and he will govern a new body called Formula One, which governs the Formula One. Like there is no way that Bernie is like like there's no way Bernie is walking away from this. And and if he does, it's it's got to be in a way where he looks like the martyr. He made the decision to leave so that Audi could come in for the benefit of the sport. Oh, yeah. Please, please. Audi, please. You're our only hope. We're praying. You're our only hope. Hey, look, here's the thing. I respect what Bernie has created with Formula One because the difference between Formula One when he took over, God knows how many decades ago to now, is dramatic. Oh, sure. But you know what? There's a lot of things where you're just like, "Mm, maybe not. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. You know, salary cap, maybe a good idea. Not paying Ferrari like $100 million a year just for being part of it. (laughs) No, maybe take that money and each year give it to a different racetrack to make a, oh, you know, take that $100 million, divide it by five, give each bunch of different racetracks $20 $20 million. Oh my God. Think how much better the product would be. Mm-hmm. No, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he did what he did when he came into the sport, but you know, um, I, I would have been okay with him like stopping maybe, you know, 10, 15 years ago, giving it to yeah, someone yeah. else. Like, well, it, someone else kind of did. And then Bernie came back and it was all, why, why you gotta be someone, like, some, well, I think it had also something to do with the fact that one of the other famous guys, one of the big guys associated with it got, done in some like nazi sex oh cool thing that was in all the papers and everyone was just like oh i'm gonna get rid of this guy yeah i'm at okay okay um yeah okay um, yeah you know and, and bernie gets to get away with all these like big financial like court cases and yeah this is how you get out of a bribery charge Pay the German government money. Yeah, good job. I mean, it must be nice having that much money, honestly. Also, how old is he at this point? How many more years do we have to expect out of him at this point? Yeah, look, I don't know. I feel like he's going to be one of those people that will suddenly be like 120 and everyone's like, you've discovered the eternal power of youth. Ugh, we're never going to be free. It's very impropelpitate. Yeah, it totally is. Like, I'm pretty convinced that that's who he actually is. And uh, it's going to come out in, like, a couple of years, and everybody will be like, oh, we, we saw this coming. Yeah, we, we, totally, we totally thought he was going to build a new planet, like, to orbit in, in the atmosphere. And they're just going to run Grand Prix up there, and uh, no one can go. Unless you fly there on his special shuttle. Legit, fair enough, fair enough. But speaking of Grand Prix and going to Grand Prix, I hear you're off to a, well, at least one in the coming months uh three actually wow okay so we, you've got canada canada i'm also doing austria and Yay! uh yeah dude we're going camping like i sounds pretty great I don't know if you've seen me if anyone that listens to this has seen me panicking on twitter but if you have camping tips please send them to me because you've never been camping I've before never been camping. <laughs> Oh, you're such a city girl. Dude, no, I've gone camping, but do you want to know what my version of camping is? We go to the state forest in Andover, Massachusetts every couple of years, and uh, there is a Dunkin' Donuts two miles down the road. I get up every morning, I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I go and I buy hamburgers and stuff for the day. That's not camping. It's camping for me, dude. I went 
I, it was compulsory at my high school for us to camp each year oh, as a as a grade. So they'd take all 120 of us to the school beach and we'd camp. So that wasn't really camping because there was like a mess hall and shit like that. But I did this thing called Duke of Edinburgh, which is like a uh student scheme originally started in England that also is in Australia and to get your your bronze medallion you had to do certain things and one of them involved going hiking up a mountain and camping out in the middle of the wilderness for two nights and coming back and I forgot my tent poles and I was also the only girl on the trip so they wouldn't allow me to share a tent with anyone else, including the incredibly gay classmate of mine who was like, dude, like, she's totally safe, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. gay. And they were like, no, no, you have to deal with this. So I spent two nights sleeping wrapped in a tarp in a creek bed. Beautiful. So um, welcome to Australia. What doesn't, kill you, makes Australia. You what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Listen, someone, someone said to me when I was complaining about trying to figure out camping in Austria, they thought I said Australia. And I was like, oh, hell no. Hold on, do you realize there are 120,000 things that could kill you in this photo? I'm not doing that. I, I refuse. I refuse to ever do that. But no, so camping in Austria is going to be fun. We're getting there on like the Thursday. There's like a pit lane walk. We're making flags for Susie Wolf because we're going to be there for testing the next week too. It's going to be great. Um, and then we're flying to England the following weekend doing Formula E as well as the Silverstone Grand Prix. So yeah, that's gonna be- So are they on the same weekend? Sorry? Are they the same weekend? Uh, Formula E, no, Formula E is the weekend between Austria and um, Silverstone. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, but gotcha. since there is, there's GP3 and GP2 in Austria and then also GP2 in Silverstone. So on that trip, I will be- So adding... how many Alex Rossi flags have you packed? Sorry? So how many, how many Alex flags Rossi? Oh my god. I've packed my Alex. I'm painting an Alex Rossi flag. Um, but I'll be at seven races on this trip. That's, seven. That's seven. pretty cool. That's so many. Um, and I have flags for all of them. So I'll be tweeting pictures of them probably. I am I am going. So I'm leaving North America on the weekend of Silverstone. And I was like, oh, I could go to Silverstone. And I was like, nah, it's just too much to try and like get there, get this, yada, yada, yada. Cause I'm only finishing up work the week before with other things and, and so forth. So I was like, mm. and then I looked at the prices. It was like, I am not paying that much money to go to a car race. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a Silver lot. Silverstone is pretty pricey. And I feel, I was like, oh, I can go to spa and it's 109 pounds for the whole four days um so austria is 103 euros yeah with camping uh no not including camping that's still pretty good yeah lodging and you know yeah, yeah it should be good and testing i don't know if you can camp at spa i don't think you can i'll find out i wouldn't mind camping I'll just be me being like hey who wants to be friends with me yeah yeah so i i'm pumped about camping though i i, I really can't wait to see what the Austrians are like at this campsite. I'm assuming everyone's going to be drunk the whole time. Like I, I really want to do the Le Mans Austria double. Oh, that would be fun. Um, and maybe next year or the year mm -hmm. after. I, it'll have to be when I'm no longer working at the NHL because it's pretty much smack bang in the middle of the cup finals. Yeah, yeah. And I'm generally preoccupied at that point. I know I'm kind of upset that I might be missing the cup finals, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, I'm probably teams aren't in it. the teams in it. So it's fine. I'm not even that mad. Yeah. I ain't even mad, bro. I ain't even mad. But yeah, Formula E should be fun again. Um, they've got Excellent. another race coming up next week too. So cool. where's next week's race? 
Monaco. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, it'll be, I think their, their version of the track is a slightly shortened version of the yeah. F1 track, just kind of like how Long Beach was a shortened version of the Long Beach IndyCar IndyCar track. track, yeah. But uh, yeah, it should be cool to see the cars running on that, on that street circuit, you know. I'm excited to see it. I love Monaco regardless. Um, and hopefully it's one of the races I'll get to one day in my life. I don't yeah, know. That's, that's a life goal. Yeah. I, well, I kind of want to get to most of the races at one point in my life. I can, really, I, I can leave China. I'm okay with that. China. Maybe. Maybe. I want to do Japan. Japan, Japan yeah. Look, Japan is, Japan is a great circuit. Uh, I really want to do Singapore one yep. year. Um, my stretch goal is I really want to do Australia. Oh, yeah. I've never even been to the Australian Grand Prix and I could see the track from my office for two years. Yeah, I remember you sending me pictures when they were setting up last year. Yeah, because I used to drive around. I used to get in my little four-door hatchback and drive around the track in my car. I'd be like, yeah. And I got out and like climbed over the pit wall and like ran around. It was pretty good. That's like how uh, I ran a race up in Montreal last summer. Uh, you, and, uh, ran the, you ran the circuit. Yep, that was a lot of fun. We ran right down the pit lane and I'm kind of hoping that Montreal will make the cup finals this year. I mean, admittedly, oh, it, it will ruin my bracket, but it will be at the same time, and it would just be insane. I can't be handle insane. that. Insane. You know how much I hate Montreal, the team. Well, you know how much problems it would give us trying to book hotels in Montreal? We'd all be staying in Ottawa. I know. We really We'd have, like, a shuttle bus from Gatineau. <laughs> how are, I don't know. Oh, this is going to be terrible. Um, but, yeah, no, Canada should be a lot of fun. That's coming up pretty soon. I hope, yeah. look. I'm hoping I can get to Canada, but who knows where in the world I will be with work at that point in time. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, yeah. I am leaving for Canada exactly six weeks from today? Six weeks from tomorrow. Mm. Six, no, five weeks. Oh, my God. That's, like, really soon. Good Lord. Uh, are you... Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I was like, are you... And then I literally just started counting the months in my head and it was like, May comes after May April. May is like Thursday. I yeah, did not, yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. Like, I've also just suddenly realized I'm going to be 26 in about five weeks. And Wait, is your birthday near the Grand Prix? My birthday is June 4. Oh, man, we're going to celebrate your birthday in Montreal. This is going to be great. If I'm there. <laughs> we'll have to record a good girls in person. But... Oh, <gasps> enough, enough about our travel plans. It, yeah. No, it's we fine. We need to talk we about Lewis Hamilton about and we need to talk about Lewis Hamilton schlong. Oh my God. Why are we doing this? Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, no, look, we're not actually going to discuss it in that yeah. sense. What we are going to discuss is the thought process that Lewis Hamilton goes through when he says to his personal assistant slash photographer slash stylist, whoever Please does photos, hey. my underwear leaning over this balcony. Yeah, like, please, please, satisfy, no, no. Like, look, to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing 99% of the Formula One grid in, in their unmentionables. Wait, However, who's the 1%? That begs the question, who is the 1%? I feel like the 1% would have to be, like, Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> I knew you, well, but what, okay, and this is going to be really crass, but, like, what if he's a paper bagger? Like, what if he has a really good body and it's just his face? That it, oh, I was like, what, what does paper bagger mean? Well, paper bagger is... In Australia, we call them butterface. Yeah, that's, that's butter really face. Yes. I don't know. I like paper oh, bagger better. Yeah. I do too. I do too. But I'd never heard the term until then. Yes. Uh, that's a great term. 
So really, I, I'm at 100% because I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Just pop a paper bag. Actually, actually, no. The 1% better be Max Verstappen because he's actually underage. Still. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, no. 100%. Yeah. Let's take Max Verstappen out of that because the yeah. turns 18, that is not fair game. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aside from the children. Gross. Um, yeah. No, no. I, I, I'd be pretty okay with seeing everyone else in just your undies. Go for it. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like they need a Men of Formula One charity calendar. I was just going to say that. Because, like, look, look, we have the the, the charity... Um, have you seen the French... The charity fashion show, right? The what? The charity fashion show that they do in Monaco. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Screw that. That is only available to people who are in Monaco. Mainly they're yeah. the people with lots of money. But a, like, international charity, charity calendar. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. For the people, man. For the people. The people need, the people demand a charity calendar. And seriously, how many years of char- charity calendars have we had of, of women in not much clothing with Pirelli tires? A lot of years. Yeah. Well, you know what I want with Pirelli tires? I want Nico Hulkenberg with Pirelli tires. I want Nico Hulkenberg just naked standing behind a Pirelli tire. Just, you know. We have literally just lost the entire male population that actually is in this podcast. At some <laughs> point, the super licensed boys are like, um, okay, so uh, we're out of here for now. Bye. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye. No, it's fine. To you. Um, no, but seriously, have you seen the, the French rugby team? Oh, I have seen the Dia de Stade calendar. Mother of Jesus, I you do not know what we're talking about. You need to go and Google French Rugby Union Naked Calendar or Dear Disdain. And it's amazing. And it's tastefully done. It is very, the, the rugby balls are very tastefully arranged. It's but fine. damn, girl. Yeah, it's a good time. But yeah, so yeah, please give, give me a calendar. How did we even get on this tangent? Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, okay. Carry on. I mean, I'm pretty- every now and then I look at his Instagram feed and I'm like, and some of them are great. Any photos of him and, and Roscoe? Oh, so it. brilliant. Oh my God. Your dog is adorable. I just, and I'm so glad he started an Instagram feed just for his dog. Like there's one just for Roscoe. There's Lewis and Roscoe and then there's just Roscoe. And it's- I love it. I love it. You know, do you know who's got a dog? Sergio Perez has a dog now. Oh, Canelo. No, I don't know if it's a new dog or it's the family dog, but it's just like, oh, I'm... Okay, so have one of these. Sergio Perez actually has two dogs, and the only reason I know this is because I run a Tumblr called F1 Drivers and Pets. Uh, Sergio Perez has a golden retriever, and he has this bulldog named Canelo, and they're both adorable. There's a picture of him like jet skiing with the golden retriever, like in his lap, and it's adorable. It's precious. Like I, my I favorite, my favorite Formula One driver pet is Nico Rosberg's cat, because that cat Bulky. has a lot of <laughs> attitude. I like the photos of it just looking at him like, really? Seriously, no, the best part of that cat is that, you know how there's the, the like, theory that you, your cats look like you, or your pets look like you, kind of? Yeah. His cat has the same bitch face he does. It's perfect. Like, oh. Love it. Go find his, go find pictures of this cat on Instagram. I will, I will, I will have to do that. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, good time. Anything else we got to talk about? Um, you wanted to you wanted to touch on IndyCar for a moment, or did you talk about that earlier? Uh we kind of got IndyCar. Okay, so I was kind of not really sold on IndyCar. Um, I mean, literally the first few races we watched were a bit shit. Yeah, you know that one in New Orleans was kind of garbage. There, there's like yellow flags constantly. Like there, there. 
there are pieces flying off these cars constantly and there's got to be like local yellows all the time it's it's a little annoying mm-hmm. it's the race is a little slow Simona de Silvestro wasn't in the last race so I was a little less interested yeah which I regret now because apparently that race was fantastic we were watching we were watching St. Louis play Minnesota in the ice hockey instead we oh man don't remind me yeah anyway <laughs> St. Louis fan here, but anyways. Minnesota um, fan here. Get out of here. Get out of here. No one wants to hear about your obsession with Nino Niederreiter. No one. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, you just drink that margarita. It's fine. Um, we, uh, I'm TiVoing this, this IndyCar race because my friend recently introduced me to the phenomenon that is Joseph Newgarden, uh, Sim- Simone Pagino, and uh, James Hinchcliffe. And their shenanigans on YouTube and Instagram. And oh my gosh, it's absurd. There's a video of Pagano and um, and Newgarden like running through a field of corn, like children of the corn style. And it it's amazing. It's fantastic. There's a video where Pagano- Have you ever done that? Yes, I have done that, but I've never I've, made a video about I've it. I've run it through a field of canola flowers. And I actually think I have a video that my mother took. We were on the side of a highway in country Australia. Beautiful. They do another one where- Pagenaud teaches them how to tie scarves in a very French fashion. And uh, they talk about his accent a lot. Like, these guys just make these dumb YouTube videos, and I love it. I am so sold. Like, I just want to watch all these races now. And that is how you should do it. That is how you market your race. That is how you suck people in. Or that's at least how you suck 20-something-year-old women in. I know. It's it's beautiful. It's, It's genius. Like, just make dumb videos, and everyone will love you. Like, Formula E is starting to do it. IndyCar's doing it. Formula One will never do it, and it's really Formula sad. One will never do it unless Toro Rosso may because they don't take themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Red Bull potentially, though. Red Bull have a series of videos at the moment, which is Daniel Ricciardo teaching Daniel Fiat Australian slang. Oh jeez, which is <laughs> solid gold because I was like, these are all the terms that I use that no one understands. Yeah, just show people that video. There you go. Yeah, that's what I'm going to show them. Them in the video of the Honey Badger, who is a different honey badger to daniel ricardo honey badger uh from the rugby rugby union but yeah cool yeah indy cars gp2 also started this weekend uh oh van dawn is already killing it listen alex rossi is in third and uh that's all that's all i want i want i want americans on the podium do you know do you know who i feel the worst for in formula one at the moment i feel for kevin magnuson oh yeah because Kevin Magnuson doesn't get to drive a car at the moment. He got to drive a car in Australia and the car died before he even got to the grid. Right. right? So that had to suck. You were like, I'm never going to get to race a car this year. Oh my God, I get to race a car. And now my car has died and I'm walking back to the pit before the lights have even gone off. Okay. Fernando's back. Jensen's here. I don't get to race unless someone has a serious injury, which you don't want to wish on anybody. And no. so, Okay. I can't race IndyCar because they didn't sort anything out to too late. I can't race GP2 because I can't race GP2. Um, Stoffel is racing GP2 again and potentially going to walk away with the championship maybe or at least do really, really well. So two years from now, when Fernando or JB decide to retire, whether it's a year or two years from now, Kevin going to get a seat. Who do you think they picked? The guy that's been sitting around and simming a car for two years? Or the guy who's been racing GP2 or DTM or something like that and winning for two years? Yeah. The answer is not poor Kevin Magnuson. No. The, his only hope is, uh, you know, maybe... Both of them leaving. 
maybe they both leave. You never know. Um, there have been rumors about Magnuson going over to IndyCar for next year. So yeah, I look. I wouldn't be surprised if he does go to IndyCar next year. And if I'm McLaren, I'm saying yeah, go, go, because yeah. we'd like you to race for us. But we we don't have anywhere to put you. You know, like what are we going to do with you? Yeah, no, that'd be great. Plus, I would get to see him because apparently there's going to be an IndyCar race in Boston next year. Well, there's an IndyCar race in Toronto this year. Yeah. Oh, you should go. You should definitely I'm go. hoping I can go. I'm hoping it, it, it's literally the weekend of my birthday. So I'm hoping things work out that I can go. Yeah. No, that's my, my Toronto contingent of car racing fans, which is one person. Apparently in tickets are really cheap too, which must be nice. Yeah. 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 yeah right? <laughs> I am nothing if not Scottish. Listen, and I'll also, like me some cheap deals. <laughs> I mean, Formula One wants to keep growing throughout the world, but you know, where the ticket prices are completely unaffordable, IndyCar again is doing it brilliantly. I was looking into a weekend at Pocono because that's the closest one to me right now. Where's Pocono? Yeah, Pennsylvania. It's like right near Philly, or close to Philly, close-ish. Let's go to Pocono, dude. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's in September. <laughs> um, but a weekend at Pocono for three days uh, is like forty dollars. Jeez. $40 for three days. Of like, I mean, I understand F1 being more expensive. And, like, spa for 110 pounds for three days. Is, I was like, that's, that's pretty good. But it's funny when you look at where the, the, discrep- the price differences are. And to be honest, Silverstone charges more because Silverstone can't. It doesn't have yeah. a problem selling tickets. It's when you get places like Germany and that where people can't afford to go, so people aren't buying tickets at all and the races are not happening. You know, Silverstone doesn't have a problem charging what it does because it knows it's going to sell them all out. That's unfortunate, but that's that's business. Yeah, that's supply and demand. To maximize the money you make and the tickets you can sell. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, no, you're right. It is it is the venues like Germany and like Monza too, actually. Um, Austria hasn't sold out yet. And I mean, their ticket prices are more reasonable, but they're yeah, still- Spa, need- Spa and Hungary were both reasonable. I looked at, I looked at Monza and some of theirs weren't terrible. Like the GA started in the mid 150s, I think. But imagine if you're, you know, yeah. family and you oh. want to take your family to a Grand Prix, you're going to absolutely break the bank. It's going to be a thousand dollars easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think when I looked at, um, I th- it was, what was it? It was, uh, it was spa. It was like, it was 110 pounds for Friday. It was 110 pounds for Sunday or 120 pounds for Friday to Sunday or Thursday to Sunday. I was like, so they're basically just giving you the other days for free. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. know. Well, do we have anything more to catch up on? That's pretty much it. I think. We got a, we got we got a week and a half to the next race. We're in Barcelona. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for the Grand Prix de Catalunya. I believe yeah. it is because no, I, it's, I it's the Circuit de Catalunya. Circuit de Catalunya. Formula One Grand Prix de España. Circuit de Catalunya. Because I looked at it, I was like, this doesn't tell me where the race is. And no, I, forget. No, I was like, oh, that's right, you're in Barcelona. I forget because I get that moment where I'm like. Barcelona, Valencia, Barcelona, Valencia, Barcelona, Valencia, Jerez. Where is it? Yeah. Barcelona. Where's Barcelona? Because no one races at the other two anymore. Because Valencia is the pits. Have you ever watched a video of a race from Valencia? No. (laughs) Saski has died. It is so boring. Huh. 
It like makes Russia look exciting. Oh, good lord! Oh, yeah. we have to sit through Russia again this year, do we? Is it that's on the calendar? Yeah, we do. I might skip that one. I can't skip that one. We have to talk about it. Um. Oh, Sochi's the worst. Exactly. <laughs> and on that point, our podcast recording died. I think it was trying to send us a message that we'd had enough for tonight. So, for another week, I'm Saskia Stewart. She was Sarah Connors. And this was The Grid Girls. We'll see you at the next race.